Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. He's back for a round of applause for Greg. He made it through the big COVID. Oh, my gosh. Was that fun? Greg Hood, 17 days we didn't see you, sir. 17 days, yes, and we're doing fake commercials on on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Nice to have you back for another episode of What's Good Under the Hood. Andy Woods is me. That's Greg Hood, owner of Mazda of Columbia, and Rob Sanders of the Fox Sports Radio, as you see right behind his head there. What's up, folks? Hey, forgive me, first of all, with my kind of hoarse voice and my little bronchitis. You sound wonderful. Well, and I've got, I may pop a cough drop in in the middle, you know, just in case I start hacking. I thought you were about to say it, pop an oxycodone. I said, share with your friends. Well, I. You're already on those, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Oof. We already got a reference that we got to. You guys are killing me in the edit. Oh, I got to go back and edit that stuff out. Right off Stop the bat, it. just to get it going. I thought that you had the Ramsey curse that he uh, he floated you some stuff because you were on fire about Dave Ramsey, and then all of a sudden we don't see Greg. Well, for the good news days. is it gave me a chance to reset on what I'm on fire about. So we can talk about we'll be on fire about everything else today. All right. Well, look, the big story around the uh, around the world. I mean, the UN, everyone today. Everything is about the Ukraine and Russia. You know, Greg, we we have to talk about how that's going to affect the industry. It will affect the industry. It definitely will. In a lot of ways, it'll just affect us. Um, But I want to talk about something else first. I want to talk about that article you sent me first, and then we'll go into that because there's a lot to talk about there. Well, the article I sent you was about the U.S. Army and how they are basically they are getting away from uh uh what combustible engines and they're going to be all electric engines in the in the good old u.s army and you so, were t- wait, no wait i gotta say something about it i'm sorry to interrupt you but no, sorry. wait a minute so greta thornburg is now dictating to us that we're going to kill people using electric vehicles instead that is so enriching you know what i mean that just makes me feel such like such a humanitarian that i can save the planet and ruin the planet all at once and who the hell cares what a 14 year old says anyway Obviously, a lot of people because it's affecting how everybody thinks. But think about this for a minute. So what does Tesla go in first and put in a bunch of charging stations and get them across the country and ready to go so the military can go plug in? I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Let me me read this to you really quick here. And this is from Electrek.co. It says today's U.S. Army plan claims to uh, reduce emissions to 50% of 2005 levels by 2032, lowering to net zero emissions by 2050. So by 2050, 28 years from now, that's a broad thing there, they expect to be uh, zero emissions from the United States But Army. they're killing people. Well, that's what the Army does. The Army kills people. They're killing people. You've seen Stripes, right? The Army kills yes, people. Yes. I saw the movie. Anyway, they're 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 killing people, but yeah. yet we got to have zero emissions. So, so let, let's. I'm going to take a little sidebar here because there's something else just popped into my head. So the other day, um, I have an Android. I don't. I know that's like sacrilege to a lot of people, but I have an Android. Well, some people, somebody's got to buy an Android, or Google goes out of business. Might as well be me. Yep. Anyway, I don't care for an iPhone. Anyway, why not? Because I have an Android. And I'm used to it. All right, but. I on this you can slide over and there's kind of a news feed. I know that Apple has one, but also Google has one on the side of your phone. And the other day there was a um, there was a uh, article about how to keep your bananas fresh. 
And I'm and I had four bananas that were delivered to me in my care package, trying to help me out. Eat them quicker. And well, that's a good point. <laughs> but you also don't want to put them with other vegetables. And so, for some stupid reason, excuse me, I popped open this article and I started reading it. And right in the middle of the article, they started talking. the The person who wrote it was talking about throwing your over ripened bananas into climate change. And the reasoning behind it was that if you let them go to waste and they end up in a landfill, therefore creating to carbon. So I started thinking about that really seriously. First of all, some people who eat bananas have flatulence. Some people, I looked it up because I wanted to make sure. Oh, Andy, you did. As Rob looks around the corner at me. Yeah. <laughs> One of the gassiest people you know. That is really terrific. I'm going to have to back up near the door a little closer. Andy's a walking protein flatulence. He <laughs> but, really is. But here's the point. Okay. So that proves my point. So is there a higher level of carbon in, a, in methane gas than there is in a banana decomposition? The second thing is, then should we go through and knock down all the banana plants that aren't producing bananas? Because if they actually fall and rot, because they're just a banana plant out in the middle, middle of banana land, wherever banana land is in the world, we're killing ourselves because of banana trees is what this article is saying. My question is, is why is climate change drug into every stinking thing that we're doing? You know, I talked about it last, the two weeks ago when I actually was living um, pre-COVID, and I'm just so sick of this shit of these um, people that are writing these articles that are slowly indoctrinating us into this way of thinking. So I'm going to roll that into the conversation that we just had about this article. Right. We're going to make electric military vehicles to go kill people. But yet we're worried about killing people because of our CO2. But let me ask you a question. When a banana tree is growing, before it makes its bananas, <laughs> isn't it absorbing carbon dioxide in order to make banana trees? Yes. So where is the natural balance, Greta Thornburg, in how this whole thing works with this global crap? So do I sound political? No, I sound common sense. Forget politics. So it takes me into another thing. So talking about this and our military, and then you asking me the question about how is this war going to impact our business? Right. In so many ways, I can't even explain it. But right, I'm before gonna you get into that, <clears throat> I just I have one more thing on the army with the the electric cars. And Andy kind of mentioned this earlier. Uh, what the hell happens when you're in a desert or in a jungle and you don't have a charging station? No, they have a truck oh. that has an enormous diesel generator yeah. that yeah. pulls up, that plugs in their vehicles, that makes them all a complete sitting duck, no matter where they are. If they refueled yeah. it a different way, they'd have one vehicle with a refilling thing, and it could go move around. I don't know how they do it logistically, but I guarantee it they don't take 75 trucks and put them all in one place and fuel them off of one truck, because yeah, that just is stupid. That's, I mean, military intelligence is the ultimate oxymoron, and it, this is whoever came up with this is just... Wow, just the land of silly. But please continue about right. the, about how it's this this. Well, let me tell you. Conflict let is me tell hurt. you, that, and I don't care what your political views are. I don't, and and I'm going to say it out loud. I don't care. And here's the thing: President Biden created this problem that we have right now, and I'll tell you exactly why he did it. The day he sat down at that chair, his first day in office, he shut down that pipeline. And the, here the Keystone pipeline. Correct. Make sure we put that out. And, and here, well, he cut down, shut down more than one pipeline, by the way. But the major one was the Keystone correct. pipeline. Correct. Right. So we were at that time, we were an exporter and now we're an importer. 
he said something, I believe, and I didn't watch his speech last night because I didn't want to get sick again. <laughs> what I, what nice. I believe, though, is he said something about, you know, we have, an, we have oil reserves. And I think he said there was 90 million barrels or something. We're bringing in 500 million barrels a day from Russia. So here, can, explain this one to me. We, the only reason that Putin was able to fund what he's doing currently is because we started buying oil from him. And when we started buying oil from him, it was probably $45 a barrel. The other day it hit 105. I don't know what it is today. And frankly, I don't care. All I'm going to tell you is this, is when we are paying $105 a barrel in oil from them, enriching them to give them the money that they didn't have before when we were an exporter to our allies and friends. And now all of a sudden, we're not only are we funding the war in Ukraine, which is absolutely the most horrific thing I can even imagine for absolutely no reason. We're funding it. And then we have to go give them aid and then we have to give them weapons and then we have to give them water and food and we got to move them across the border. We're going to spend billions of dollars trying to help these people. And God bless them. They need the help. But here's the problem. We're paying for it on both ends. And it's the stupidest thing ever. He could sign tomorrow or today a document that opens that back up. And I probably would guess because under the other administration that opened it all up within a year, we were to the positive in terms of what we were exporting in oil versus what we were importing. And that's not even talking about natural gas. We have huge natural gas reserves. We can handle all that stuff. But the problem is he shut it down. And what was the choice of Europe and everybody? They had to take a left turn and go to the devil to get what they're doing and cut a deal with the devil. So back to the question, because I right. think, because that was going to be my next question for you is and regardless of how everything looks, how is this going to affect the car? Industry? Okay, so I wanted to paint that picture because okay. I want everybody to understand the why behind what's going on. I'm just amazed that we have gotten from banana trees to this point in one conversation. Well, wait till I get back to banana trees Nicely and your flatulent. Nicely done. I mean, it will be incredible. I heard Whoopi Goldberg's a little flatulent too. And probably <laughs> Dave Ramsey, if I had to guess, because he's full of crap. Anyway, so excuse me all right so i get off that high horse so how does that affect our industry well the first way it affects it is if you remember back to 2008 eight probably eight um that or no well five six is when gas prices really started going up so by probably 2007 they were at five bucks 2006 2007 that's just memory so what happened in the industry was people started bailing out of their trucks and their suvs and all that kind of stuff and they were out buying priuses at some wild rate. It's a hot looking car though. Uh, sexy, sexy ride. You sexy know they are, but Prius. we got competition for them now. Mom's yep. got one coming, girl. Don't worry about it. I was it. being facetious I know, about I know. being sexy. It had all the dents in it from the factory. Remember, said that. <laughs> My point is this, is it, so where the impact starts is it starts with decisions that customers are making in what they do buy. So manufacturers are gearing up toward, you know, obviously they're working on fuel economy and those things are important, but they're gearing up toward what kind of vehicles the customers want to buy. And that is a mid-sized SUV and bigger. That's kind of normal. And, you know, guys went out and they were for years now have bought big Ram pickups with diesels and the Duramaxes and the power strokes and all that kind of stuff. And I guarantee you this, do the math on it now. You know, a Chrysler uh, or a Dodge Ram, Dodge Ram, a Ram now offers a 50-gallon fuel tank for diesel. All right. Well, one way or another, you're going to be burn the fuel. But think about this right now. And I saw on my way to work diesel here in South Carolina was 380. Jeez. Yeah. All right. So guaranteed you go to anywhere else. You go to California. Gosh, it's got to be six bucks or close. But but here's the thing. 
So you can do the math on if you're at six bucks, that's 300 bucks to fill your tank. $300 to go to work and back because that's what most of these people are doing. So back to the question, how does this affect the industry? It changes it. It puts a shift in it. It changes what people will then buy. It changes what they will get rid of. And not all people make great decisions. And they didn't during that time of 2008 because they went in and traded in their vehicles. And I remember car dealers actually, foolishly, not even taking a Suburban in trade. No, nope, we don't want it. But eight, nine grand, well, no, we don't want it. That, now, that's the stupidest move ever. You could have sat on it for three years and guaranteed it was going to be more worth more than what they were paying. But the point is, is that they went through, customers don't always make great decisions. They make impulsive decisions. But when it starts working their wallet on a weekly basis, because they're driving back and forth to work, and people that are making 15 bucks an hour, an extra $30, $40 a week is significant. Would you agree? Yes. Yep. All right. So that changes that. Interest rates are probably going to go up because we have inflation. Why do we have inflation? Because we're paying more for fuel. If we're paying more for fuel and we have inflation, then interest rates go up to keep that down. So also my interest rates go up, my fuel cost goes up, my, the available cash now to buy a vehicle is evaporated. It went in the gas tank. It went to the interest payment. So that's the second shift. So now all the high-end stuff that people were normally buying will start shifting itself down to a lower, cheaper, more affordable, something that they hate. It is creating an impact everywhere you look, every part of the supply chain, it's creating an impact because everything is fuel delivery or driven. Everything is, you know, delivery driven. How do those parts and how do those things get to you? I mean, if you look at farming right now, the cost of fertilizer is through the roof. You know what's going to cost us to have a steak? I looked at a ribeye the other day in the grocery store. It was 26 bucks. <clears throat> Eat a yeah. banana. Well, they're cheaper. <laughs> but I don't get gas from the steak, so I'm good. Well, but, you know, and the crazy thing, you mentioned that is that cow I was. Cow has the gas. Not me. <laughs> but the, the whole thing with steaks, uh, in certain supermarkets, they're actually wrapping steaks in, like, security case. Like, like the, you remember how they used to have CDs that had plastic around them? Well, just wait. It's kind of the same thing with steaks now because, uh, you know, people are more apt to steal a steak than a CD. So. Razor blades and condoms, too. They put them behind the glass. Mm. I wouldn't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't use either one of them, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Andy, where do you come up with this stuff? I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, the fact that you're thinking out loud because that's a first. <laughs> but it's it's true, though. Yeah, the expensive you know, stuff so, always goes so, behind glass. So I'm on this rant here of all of this, and it. But I'm the reason I'm doing it is because I really want people to think. This isn't which side you're on, Democrat, Republican. This is directly impacting your life right now. Now I'm going to let you ask me a question that you're not going to ask me, but I'm going to ask myself: Would I be willing to pay more for fuel for six months? If we cut those bastards off over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And, and even it, if it impacted my business, I'm good with it. And it seems so logical. If three people in here that are not the president can figure out that, that this situation could be partially remedied by undoing a stupid move you did on first day in the office. I know that he knows. But here's the sad thing. And, I, you know, I went and just threw all the blame <clears throat> on him. He just he was just a piece of the puzzle. I mean, Europe did the same thing. They went over and cut these deals. Germany's the one that had that pipeline deal going with Russia to go around Ukraine so it didn't go through them so they didn't have to pay Ukraine. Not anymore. Right. Well, they just take it. You don't have to worry about it either way. But the point is, is that they made the deal with the devil. So I'm not going to say it's America all the way. I'm just saying that 
if you if people say and even Trump says it and he probably should shut his mouth and oh it never would have happened with Trump. Well the only reason or the true reason is not because he's some strong strong guy. The true reason is because we weren't dependent upon anybody for oil and they weren't making the revenue that could afford them to do what they're currently doing. It's just that simple. Well, I've seen footage from several different outlets from the BBC to I mean, insert your favorite news network here where the actual Russian people, um, they don't want this. The, the the majority of the folks over there don't want it. So in my mind and the way that I would fix it is, uh, you know, in Vietnam, SEAL Team 3, which eventually ended up being SEAL Team 6, they had special boots. And when those boots would make a track in Vietnam and the Viet Cong would see them, they would literally piss themselves because they knew that SEAL team was going to deal with them. We need to load those guys up and let them go over there and deal with Putin because he's about five foot nine. I'd slap the shit out of him. That's well, a, that's I'm, what I'm, I would do. I'm going to say this. I went to Russia in 1985 mm -hmm. and that was when Gorbachev was in power and I had the absolute time of my life and two reasons. One, because, oh my gosh, I was on Russian soil back in when it was a whole different world, but Gorbachev was different too, because he was starting to loosen it up with Glasnost and all that. But the people were incredible. And I mean, the, they were respectful. Um, they were kind. They were kind of reserved. But once you opened them up, they were absolutely fantastic human beings. So we were in a some kind of nightclub bar. They called them disco bar, disco bar, disco bar, all night long, heavy metal. Wait, did, did you, you sound Russian? That's, you a, sound that's, Russian. that's the way they did it. I, I have to ask, did you go to one of the steam rooms? The steam? Did you go get no. The steam? <laughs> that, you go to pleasure massage? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Where, you go, like, where all, the, all the old men go and I, they have like I the I did not get the pleasure room. massage. I don't no. see we must go to steam room. No, but no, no but yeah, anyway, can, there's some stories I can't tell you. But anyway, it was, I mean, had the time of my life. It was absolutely incredible. But I, I just... Um, I remember when we were in this uh, disco bar, there were some girls that were from Jordan that were in there. There was guys and girls, and the Jordanian men didn't really care for us because we were getting a little bit of attention. We were Americans, you know. You're Americanskis. We were something special, we thought. As my friend Zach said, it's the only place we could go in the world where the girls thought we were as cool as we thought we were. So it was kind of nice. But the point was, is I was talking to one of the gals, and I said, hey, would you ever want to come to America? And she says, oh, no, no, I would not. I said, why not? And she says, and, and unfortunately, I'm going to tell a story now that actually is playing out to be true. But, and this is 1985, if you remember, she says, everyone homeless. And I said, I'm not homeless. She goes, no, you rich Americanski. I'm like, oh, I'm not rich. And she said, no, no, you, you rich Americanski, everyone homeless. I said, okay, so that means if I came, went to my country and I told everybody, I said, you heard that from your government. She said, yes. I said, so if I came to your country and I went home and I told everybody, that all Russians have one leg, would that be true? And she said, no. And I said, so there's your story. There's your propaganda. And she kind of was taken back by that. I said, we're not all homeless and you don't know how to have one leg. And the problem we're seeing now is, you know, they're so good at the propaganda and they're squashing everything that's happening over there. Um, it's really a challenge for those people, but I feel, I feel so bad for both. You know, it's interesting, my, um, and I don't know the complete story here, um, I know that my, I don't want to say it wrong. I'm, I make sure I'm right. I think, my, so my brother's wife, I believe is Russian, but she lived in Ukraine. She And about, I think six months ago, she sold her condo over there, which is pretty good timing. I think I've got that correct. I don't think I have it backwards. But, you know, those people, that's obvious. They're just intertwined. 
they're they're and it this is that's what makes this thing so tragic and so sad so what kind of impact will it have on us in every way we possibly can think and i'm afraid of it i mean all i can do is do the best business i can do to be you know successful as a car dealer in columbia south carolina and 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 try support uh good things but you know when governments get in the middle of stuff you got wing nut over there and you got wing nuts over here and everybody's bought and sold and in a power struggle um, there's no win and they don't care what the repercussions are because they don't feel the pain. There you go. Well, I think you wrapped that up for us, Andy. Now you wrap up the podcast. I thought you were going to get back to bananas before we're done. Oh, we didn't talk. You didn't give us the banana piece. Let's, we'll save the bananas for the next episode. Make sure you like, yeah. subscribe. What is it? I'm a Chiquita banana and, and I'm, I'm here, here to say... say. There you go. There's your banana outro. There you go. <laughs> What's good under the hood? Greg Hood. Rob Sanders and me, Andy Woods. Thanks for listening and or watching. Once again, if you're only listening, you can check it out on the Mazda of Columbia YouTube channel.